You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Welcome to the show, my friend. Today's episode is for all of our Bachelor Nation listeners out there. But honestly, okay, legit, even if you've never liked or watched the show, like uh, like me, then still don't skip this episode. The amount of truth and just life-changing wisdom in this show is just, oh, holy freaking heck, it's good. Well, okay, let me back up and explain who today's guest is in case you already didn't see from the title. Today, we are talking with Desiree Siegfried. The world met Desiree Hartstock Siegfried as a Bachelor contestant on Sean Lowe's season of The Bachelor. She then went on to star on season nine of The Bachelorette and the world quickly fell in love with the down-to-earth girl looking for love. But those shows were really only the beginning of her journey that led her to marrying her husband, Chris, who she met on the show, becoming a mother of two boys, creating her Desiree Heartstock bridal line and launching the Heart of Purpose podcast. On today's show, we have such a raw and powerful conversation with Desiree about her story on The Bachelor and how it shaped her into who she is today and all of the lessons she learned from both of her seasons. We talk about the drama and the tea of The Bachelor behind-the-scenes scoops on what it's like to fall in love on the show, being in the public eye and having so many opinions circulating the world about you, and how she handled all of that. Now, throughout all of it, Desiree talks about knowing who you are, confidence, handling fame, and standing firm in your beliefs and convictions. And If you feel like you're constantly falling for the wrong guys or just struggling with what you want to do, who you are, your purpose, your identity, Desiree just gives some powerful advice for women, especially in finding and fighting for healthy relationships in today's culture. So this is a doozy of an episode in case you didn't already just get that from the mouthful of information I just gave you. So buckle up and let's chat with Desiree. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Desiree, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so, so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Oh, we are we are beyond excited. I am Evie does not really care about The Bachelor at all. So uh, sorry. Just that, so sorry. It's fine. Oh, it's please fine. don't apologize. Please don't apologize. <laughs> uh, but I am. Uh, I I've watched the show probably since I was in kindergarten. So I did watch this season. <laughs> <laughs> Which every time I say that, like everyone's like, "You watched it when you were in kindergarten? How is that like allowed or acceptable or I don't know?" I, I don't mean, know. There, right. there's some families that do. I. I had a young girl uh, come and hug me when I was during my season and she had to have only have been about six or seven. So I think some, wow. you know, some families do. Wow. Maybe I just, okay, so I'm not the only weird one. So it's, right. like a, no. it's like a f- family thing. <laughs> yes. Bonding, I guess. The, the, um, the opportunity to talk about boys, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. It. 
That's true. Wait, Lindsay, I actually, I need to know this. Lindsay, did you actually, actually, like, legitimately, it's not an exaggeration to say that you watched The Bachelor franchise in kindergarten? Now, now that you said that, I meant fifth grade. I didn't mean kindergarten. Okay, okay. That came out I, was <laughs> I was like, I need to know if this is actually a thing. <laughs> I, in my mind, I meant like grade school and yeah, then kindergarten totally. came out. That's probably a little bit more accurate. Okay. 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 Even still, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> back on topic. Desiree, for anybody that maybe doesn't know who you are or never watched your season or is not a Bachelor fan at all, could you introduce yourself to just our podcast family and just give sure. us a Spark Notes version of your journey on The Bachelor and Bachelorette and then life afterward, which I know is kind of like what your book answers. Yeah, the whole book (laughs) is about that. And I I won't be long-winded. I can can summarize it real quick. But I uh, went onto the show, not really watching any season before. So, you know, I wasn't a Bachelor Nation person. Um, But you know what? It worked for me that way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But prior to being on the show, I was in LA, super broke, not finding any guys. And so it was just a reason to go on. And then after I went on, I went on The Bachelor and I didn't get chosen, but thank goodness because I was chosen to be The Bachelorette. And that is where I met my husband, Chris. And I am a wedding gown designer. I love the Lord. I have prayer doves. I also host a faith-based podcast, Heart of Purpose podcast. And Mm -hmm. I have two little boys and we're just living our life in Oregon and just, you know, really excited. We're excited Uh, for, you know, all that has been and all that will be. So it's been fun. That's incredible. Also, that was kudos to you. That's probably the most concise (laughs) synopsis. I know. anybody's life story I've ever heard. And that, that was so perfect. Funny. I love it. That's so funny because, you know, it's funny. You're the second person to have said that to me. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I think it's because I also don't love to talk about myself. Although that's like yeah. what I've been doing, you know, <laughs> on these book tours is I wrote a book about myself and now I have yeah. to talk about myself. Um, but it's very easy for me to just be very quick. And I love you, it. that just gives you opportunity to ask more questions. It <laughs> does. True. Well, it also gives people an, an opportunity to go read the book because if they want to yes. know the more depth <laughs> story, the more depth, the more deeper story, then they can just read it. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. So Desiree, you mentioned that when you were cast for The Bachelor, you were barely making ends meet financially. So you write in your book about your Cinderella experience of, you know, sewing the dress for your limo and and really learning like cost-effective ways to look the part on camera. I would love to hear like, I guess, how did this experience kind of prepare you or did it prepare you for life, for, for marriage, for your career, like anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I think I, by the time I, you know, was going on this show and everything, I was super broke, but you know, if you read the book, it also stems from childhood, like just not having much, but there was something that was always, I, I'm not sure what it was. Cause it's not that I was always the most confident, but I was like very accepting of who I was or who I am. Mm-hmm. So, a, so as I was, you know, going on the show, I barely had anything to pack. Um, and then once I arrived on the show and I realized, oh my goodness, I, these, these girls, you know, spent thousands of dollars for their wardrobes and they had, you know, three bags just packed to the rim. And here I am with like a duffel bag. (laughs) And, um, and, you know, I only had one pair of boots that were pretty worn out and, you know, but I think there's just an element of, I never compared myself because I, I had felt like I am who I am and this is me. So why would I try to be anyone different? And I also didn't want like a man to 
think I'm someone different. So I was okay with it. Not that it was like the greatest because I did run out of like uh, outfit options (laughs) and had to borrow. But um, I don't know. I think there was an element of acceptance. And I think that's something I also learned throughout the show because of constantly being compared to other leads or constantly being compared to other people. Um, you just have to accept yourself for who you are. And I'm not going to look like all the other leads. I'm, I'm not, I don't have those, that personality even to like want to be in front of the camera. And I think just accepting that has been a really vital lesson in my entire life because I don't think it was always that way, you know, growing up and just not being the same as other kids, not having the same clothes, not having the same things. Um, but you learn to love that part of you because it made me humble. It made me more appreciative of things that happen for me or things that I receive, you know? Um, so I don't know. I think it did teach me to not care too about critics because, you know, no one knows our story better than we do. So mm-hmm. they're only seeing a glimpse of what was shown or a glimpse of who I am on TV. And then that's how you build your judgment. Um, yeah. But there's there's so much more. Mm. Well, and I, I got to say, like, your humbleness and you, just your character shines through. Like, obviously, yes, on the yeah. show, but even afterwards, just... Yeah, um, I just wanted to take that as thank an encouragement you. to you, like <laughs> how you lead yourself and how you hold yourself is definitely with dignity and with humbleness and character. And oh, so, thank you. I mean, I can see that. So I just want to let you know that. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. I th- and you know, it's just something I, I do think that stems also from being raised in faith and, and knowing yeah. like there's other, well, and it was also just being in neighborhoods and having friends who were uh, worse off than I was. So, yeah. you know, it always made me also appreciate, like, look, I don't know, want to help other people and not always think I needed to have everything. Mm. Uh, I love that. that. That's powerful right there. (laughs) I love that. I have a question. So there's not, I mean, there's there's really not a lot of people out there uh, that could answer this question because there's only been a handful of bachelorettes. Um, And so you are one of them, but (laughs) did you, and I have a feeling you probably did it based on just who you are, but did you expect ever to get the opportunity to be the bachelor. Obviously that's probably not your goal going into the bachelor. (laughs) No, not at all. Like, was there a moment before they asked you where you were like, wait, uh, this might happen. Yeah. I mean, they asked me pretty early on, like after I got eliminated, they did, I think they tried to just put the seed in your mind, um, for all the top, you know, four or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was only like a week off of elimination when they put it in my mind, like, would you be interested ever to be the lead? And at that point, I'm kind of like, no. Like, I just came (laughs) off of like, you know, it's just a journey. It's just crazy, you know. It's different. It's emotional. It's I I wasn't able to work, so I was behind on all my bills. And I was like, do I really want to do that again? But I did also know that the lead gets paid. So (laughs) that was one of the driving factors. And also... I knew that it worked. Like being on The Bachelor, I realized like, because I'm not going to lie, I was a skeptic going into it. I didn't think it was real. You know, I didn't think that people actually made it. But then when you're in it, you're like, wow, okay, I get it. I get why it works and I get why um, it's possible. And so I had that hope and I knew that if 
a door opened, it was going to be from God and I was just going to trust it. Um, and so that's really how I live my life. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. really, you know, by my own desire, or my own whatever. I just knew that like, if it was going to be me chosen, that I knew that I was going to do it. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm sitting here thinking through just like how powerful that truth is and how many of us need to hear that of just like, it's it's just the Lord, like, and and trusting His yeah. timing and trusting. Yeah, because I mean, when we strive for it, it never works out. It, yeah. it never works out the way we want it. We end up in a relationship that we're striving for because it's not, you know, we didn't wait for God's timing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why, honestly, my whole journey on the show is actually my testimony because it's like I had to go through so much stuff on the show uh, to truly realize like the man that God had for me and I had to kind of release a lot of my own flesh and my own like lies that I had established and agreed on, you know, throughout my life. And so, yeah, I think it's important that that's a lesson I've learned that I've had to every decision I make, I have to one, go to God and be like, Hey, like, you know, better than I do, (laughs) you know, like, you know, where my future lies, am I making the right decision? And should I do this? And I, I personally know through peace and through, scripture and through what he tells me when I'm praying, like if I'm making the right decision. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I just love having that perspective because I think, I mean, like you and Evie said, just like when you try to work for it or, or when you're trying to strive for something, that's usually not when things happen, but when you yeah. like let go, I feel like that's such a cliche phrase of like, let go and let God. But it's I know. So <laughs> it's true. Well, I think when you're striving, so if you're right now listening and you're super stressed out and you're overwhelmed and you're anxious and you're worried and you're afraid, you're striving for something because those, those things don't come from God. Like fear does not come from God. Anxiety does not come from God. Stress is self-inflicted most of the time. So if you're feeling those things, it's because you are striving for something right now. And whether that's, I think a lot of times that stems from wanting to take control over something, whether that's a career, a relationship, you know, something like that. And once you realize that those things aren't from God and that's not what he wants you to feel, and that's not, maybe you're making decisions based off your own, you know, emotions, which is also very dangerous. And um, yeah, that's why you do, you have to let go. You have to let it, let God take, take it because I mean, he created us. He wants what's best for us. We just have to trust that. Amen. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. Well, you said earlier that when they asked you to be the bachelorette, you were like, oh, hey, I know that this works. Yeah. I would love to hear like, how, what made you believe that the process worked after sure. getting heartbroken by Sean, like on Sean's season? Um, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just like, obviously like you fell in love or or whatever. I don't know. But like, what made you be like, I'm going to do this again? Yeah. I I wouldn't say I fell in love with Sean. Um, I did feel like the pressure too, but I knew in my heart, like we just weren't right. And I know he knew in his heart, we weren't either. Um, but it works because you have no distractions. So you have no other distractions. You are literally there to see if a relationship would work. So no TV, you know, no phone, no outside influence, no other men to look at or date or talk to. And so you are really taking that time seriously and intentionally to to see if something's there. And I think if people utilize that outside of the show, like just on your normal dating, like if you have a, a good date, why not go out the next night and then the next night? Because the more you wait, the the more distractions come, the more other, mm-hmm. you know, scheduling comes and 
And then it just doesn't work out when really maybe it could have, but yeah. you have to take away those distractions because it is also kind of awkward when you, when you're on the show, cause you're sitting like for television, you're sitting side by side, which is typically not what you do at like a restaurant or a, oh, yeah. so true. Yeah. Um, but also what's cool is that I realized too, while being there is like, when you go, say you're, you've been dating a guy and you go to his apartment or his, or his, see his room. You don't know what else to talk about sometimes. So you'll be like, oh, who's this in the photo? Or what's this book? Or blah, blah, blah. You don't <laughs> have that to distract you. So you do have to be intentional with your questions. You do have mm. to go to the root of why you are there rather yeah. than being like just small talk, you know, right. like, oh, what's, you know, I don't Let's know, all just the silly chat. stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never thought about it like that. Like just yeah. almost applying like what the bubble of the bachelor or bachelorette gives you yeah. and applying that to actually being intentional in your real life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think that's why it can work. And that's, but it's also because of the show that things move quickly. Yeah, because right. um, you are asking questions that most people don't even get to for like a year, you know, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, so how many kids do you want? You know, where do you yeah. live? <laughs> you know, where do you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like day one, how yeah. many kids do you want? <laughs> yes, totally. I mean, uh, that's why it works because you can weed things out pretty quickly. Yeah. I have, I have a question that's not on our list, but I'm... Oh, uh, that's fine. You don't, you can go off the list. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. We're candid here. Uh, and it's it's probably because I'm watching the current season, which is Katie right now. Yes. Um, and it, I've I've felt this before on past seasons, but I think especially this one, it I, I know that obviously the whole process of like you're you're put in this bubble for two months, it's it's a pressure cooker for good television. But yes. also at the same time, I'm like, I I guess maybe it's just this season of like almost the pressure to propose and the pressure to say, I love you. And the, like, it's like, you're forced into that situation. Like, did you feel pressure at all? It maybe more so, I guess, when you were a contestant more so than yeah, maybe when you um, were. Yeah. I mean, obviously I didn't feel pressured, um, as the lead, but I was very, I was very, uh, candid with producers and stuff saying like, like if they wanted me to say, you know, keywords, like, my husband's in the room and I didn't feel that yet because it's the first night. Right. I, didn't, I, I didn't say those words, you know, I, yeah. I was very clear. Like I, I, so that's going on to the bachelorette. I didn't have any expectations or, or pressure to be engaged at the end. Like that wasn't my intention. My intention was just to see if, uh, you know, the man that God had for me was on there and luckily he was, but that's awesome. But you know, I think when you have that, expectation, then you're missing a lot of everything else, you know? Because then that's Mm. your end goal. Your end goal is a ring, not a marriage. Yeah. And so you really have to make sure that the man you choose is marriage material and not just going to give you the ring. Um, Oh, I love that answer. That's that's applicable to life. I just want to pause on that and just be like, (laughs) that is not just The Bachelor. That is women and men in general in relationships. The goal is not a ring. The goal no, is the goal a is wonderful, a, yeah, yeah. long-lasting marriage. Yeah, it's a, and, it's a covenant. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, the show, the one thing, I, I mean, yeah, Katie, she's used the words from the very beginning that she this is an engagement at the end. Um, so that I guess that does pressure the guys to really find out if they would be willing to propose. Right. Um, when I was on Sean's season, I did mention just recently, like I felt pressure to fall in love. Like, because I was like top four, you know, and it was like hometowns and 
I could tell that these other girls were saying, I love you. And I didn't feel that. So I don't say things that I don't feel. Um, yeah. And Which is um, good. <laughs> yes, yes. Very good. I also going on to the bachelor, I was, I still had a lot of walls up and I, I was very guarded. Um, I think the bachelorette stripped that from me, which in a, mm. in a good way, maybe not the best for me personally to be, to have that stripped away on television, but for <laughs> viewers, I'm sure it was great. Um, yeah, I was just like a cry fest, but normally Aww. I am like a, I was just a wall, you know, like I would yeah. never cry in front of people because I never wanted to seem weak or vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so going on to Sean's season, having come, I had just come off a relationship where I wasn't being validated. And mm. then I go into a show where you literally cannot be validated by the person. So <laughs> I don't, oh. yeah, I don't think that also is good for me because I couldn't tell if he liked me because he technically couldn't really tell you. Oh my god! And gosh. then I also, it just made me feel doubtful of yeah. his feelings. And then, um, so I never really allowed myself to allow my heart to, you know, like become vulnerable. Um, so that's just a little background so that it's not like everyone, a lot of people do fall in love, but for me, I did have a lot of walls that, yeah. And I didn't fall in love, but my last time seeing him was hometowns. And I, I will say I did feel, I did feel, um, a little bit of pressure to, to say I was falling in love. Yeah. So I did say I loved him, but I, I did feel, I did say I was falling. Um, cause that's like the safer way to, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. it's very vague. It's very You're like, vague. There's potential here. maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, I knew, but I knew that if I didn't, then he would, not want to pursue because everyone else is like, I love you. I love you. Yeah. Right. And what man doesn't love women, you know, loving them. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Right. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. I want to hear Desiree from you, uh, as per pretty much every season of the bachelor, bachelorette franchise, whatever drama, uh, in the house just kind of captivates screen time and it did during your season. So do you have anything that you wish viewers would have seen. Uh, what are your thoughts, I guess, on the drama of the show? I guess, yeah. like, do, do you think it's like, is is that just to enhance viewer entertainment? Do you think it's relevant to make a good TV show? Do you think uh, it's distracting? Like, what are your thoughts on drama? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do think that having drama keeps like the show relevant and also it's great for ratings. Um, I personally think it's unnecessary, but that's just because I don't want to watch, you know, little like just so much drama. Right. But um I think I think the drama does take away sometimes from solid relationships that are forming that viewers don't get to see. I mean that happened for me and Chris. Like we just had a very solid natural relationship forming and building. Uh but it kind of just took the back burner since it was kind of probably because it was boring because it was so no- natural, you know. <laughs> um and because you know, we didn't have any drama, so it it wasn't something to to um put on TV. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that affected how uh and if people didn't Viewers, doesn't yeah. or don't know, yeah, people don't know that how that your season ended. Um you could maybe like fill sure. us in or fill the listeners in, but right, do you think fact. that affected Yeah. Or do you think that affected like how people viewed yes. like when Brooks left and they were like, wait, who's yes. this Chris dude? She's just settling. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So there's actually multiple things that happened that triggered that. So first and foremost, um, reality, Steve had everyone, like 
all of Bachelor Nation goes to Real Steve for spoilers. And he never got the ending correct. And he always said that Brooks came back. And so I think people, if you read that before you watch, then you already have a preconceived notion of what happens. And you're not even looking for other relationships to form because you're kind of just focused on that. So even after he left, people thought he was coming back. And it made people not see what I had already had with Chris. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's really disappointing because I had a, I talk about it in the book, but it was very difficult after the show just because of those preconceived notions and the judgments and the critics. But, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and so that was one element of it. People weren't even looking for Chris and I's relationship. And then the second part is we weren't really shown as until it was towards the end um, although yeah. we had established a really solid, like awesome friendship relationship. You do know what I mean? Like he yeah. was, it was just awesome from the very beginning. Um, but it just wasn't drama worthy to show. So you guys yeah. didn't get to see a lot of Chris's quirks. Like he's really quirky yeah. and really <laughs> funny. Um, but so that was another aspect of it. And then, yeah, I think it's just if you have a preconceived notion that when you're watching, then you already made a judgment call on everything. Yeah. And so you already mm-hmm. made a judgment call on who I am and, and what I'm going to decide and who I'm going to choose. And if I don't do what you think, then you're mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And you can't see past your own, your own like judgment. Because I even had totally. a friend, a really close friend that just couldn't understand it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Ugh. like you totally just missed the whole thing, you know? Yeah, that's so hard. Mm-hmm. That is hard. Did you know that the number one type of post that does the best on the gram is photos of yourself? And it's not just Instagram. Sharing photos of you on social media, your blog, your website, etc., instantly creates connection with your ideal client. And if you own a business or market products or services online, you need to have regular content photos of yourself, period. But I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and guess that you struggle with sharing photos of yourself, right? You know you probably should be posting yourself more, but you struggle feeling confident in doing that because you don't know the first thing about how to take content photos of yourself. Ones that leave you feeling confident and help your ideal client relate and connect with you. If you've been nodding your head to all of that, like, yup, Lindsay, Evie, that's me, I need help, then we have the solution to your problem, and that's introducing the content photo miner. <laughs> yes. In this mini course, we take you step-by-step through conceptualizing, planning, and styling a content photo shoot all the way to the final product of posing and actually taking those photos of yourself for your brand and your business. We teach you how to plan style outfits, scout locations, get good light and color match for your outfits, how to do self-portraits of yourself with a tripod, and posing tips to know in order to get content photos that feel authentic to who you are and connect with your audience. Now, to grab this mini course, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash content dash minor. If you've been holding off on sharing you with your audience because you just don't know how to get started, we got you covered. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash content dash minor. Are you in a crazy busy season of life? My hand is raised. Whether you are a mom or an entrepreneur or maybe even both, if you have a lot on your plate, but you're also still trying to eat healthy and nourish your body, my friend, we have a treat for you today. 
Evie and I have been loving Daily Harvest lately. In case you're not familiar with the brand, Daily Harvest helps you stock your home with clean, delicious food delivered to your door that's built on real fruits and vegetables and ready to enjoy in minutes. We have been loving the freedom of having delicious, healthy food at our fingertips in the midst of our busy days. Yes, and everything they make is free of refined sugars, gluten, fillers, preservatives, or anything artificial. They have everything too, from harvest bowls to smoothies to flatbreads to soups to lattes and oat bowls and so much more. It's a lot. And it's all freaking delicious. So if you're ready to save hours of time while still fueling your body with clean, delicious food, then you can get $25 off your first box with code HEART. Go to daily-harvest.com and use the code HEART for $25 off. Well, okay, that kind of leads, I guess, into the next question, which is like, how did the post-show reality of just tabloids and like, I, I mean, for probably every lead after the show, it's crazy, maybe depending on how their yeah. season ended up and how the public perceived it. But how did you, like, did you lean on your faith in that time or just how did you navigate that post-season yeah. like, season? I mean, honestly, I had gotten into my faith right prior to the show, like back into it. Um, and... Uh, coming off the show, I was depleted of like everything, emotionally drained, spiritually drained, physically drained. And then came all the opportunities and all the people wanting something from me. And granted, I'm an introvert and I love my space. So I think it was just very difficult on my type of personality because the show, the area or the filming was extremely difficult on me to be on all the time and then not to have anyone to talk to. Um, and then coming off the show, it just, I was constantly, I was just overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed with saying yes to everything. I was overwhelmed with opportunity, which sounds great to everyone. But if, but if you're not like taught to really wait on the big opportunities and not take everything, then you just take everything and you wear yourself thin. Um, so it took a few years to really like finally be like, God, what do you want for me? But in the meantime, I was just relying on Chris and and staying busy. Like I think just staying busy kept me from caring or thinking too much about the mean people. Um, and then really, Chris. I mean, he's just a rock. He could care less. He, he did not care. <laughs> he did not care at all about what anyone said. And that's amazing. Um, he just went right back into his work. So he just like the show ended, and that was it. You know, then he's yeah. back into his life. And so that was helpful too. Yeah. Um, to have that as my, as my rock. Yeah. Um, and obviously I still prayed and stuff, but my mind was just a clutter. I yeah. couldn't even like think yeah. <laughs> properly. You had, to, you had to go reset, I'm sure, after yeah. just such a, a different and exhausting, you know, experience like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's exhausting too, to read bad things about yourself. And yeah. um, even as much as you might say, oh, it doesn't, I don't care. I don't care. I think it just it it just affects you, and yeah. um, it's hard to want people to see the love that you have and, yeah. and not see it. Um, but then you know, and then it took many many years to come to where I am now, and I don't care at all. You know, I'm like <laughs> I'm like I don't care what anyone thinks. <laughs> That's yeah. the best place to be. <laughs> it's the best place to be. I just yeah. wish I got here sooner, but you know. At least I'm here. Sometimes it takes years though. Like sometimes years, it just yeah. takes time. And even you saying, you know, as much as you can say like, oh, I don't care about the headlines or what people yeah. are saying or whatever, it can drain you. And I was just, the thought that came into my head was like, 
uh, how hard it must be for, you know, celebrities and like, you know, big names out there. And then I was like, well, I wonder if it's almost easier for them though, because a lot of them have experienced it so intensely for so many years that they've gotten to the place where they're like, I just truly cannot care or I won't be able to function. Yeah. The other thing I always say though, too, is that reality is reality TV is different because they actually think they know you personally. Mm, that's Whereas true. if you saw Jennifer Aniston on the street, you don't actually know her personally. Right. So you're, you're not as apt to be like, you know, give, I don't know, people would come up and give you a hug or like, they, I think they feel more apt to give you personal advice or personal comments that you normally oh. wouldn't give to like an actress who was a character on the show because yeah. that wasn't necessarily them. It's like they they feel like they have the right to speak into your life because because they they, feel like a friend. Yes, yeah, yeah. They feel like it was like a friend, like watching, you know, like they just feel they they know you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they have the ability to tell you what you did wrong. (laughs) Dang. Uh, Okay, so follow up question to kind of like life after the show. I feel like most contestants from everything I've seen, which makes sense. No, no shade on this whatsoever. typically stay in LA or, you know, Mm -hmm. go to New York or something like big city to try to kind of like capitalize on or like, Mm -hmm. yeah, maximize on the fame that they're getting from the show, which is totally understandable. But you didn't do that. And I think that's so, so cool. So I would love to hear like why, like what? I think first and foremost, I was already living in LA. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. so, <laughs> I had already, you know, I had already done the Southern California thing. I was, I lived down by the beach in Newport. I had lived my California dreams. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I had been to a point where I didn't know if I was going to stay in California um, any longer. So I was ready to get out. But I yeah. also think it is, it, it doesn't help a relationship it, when the lead or when the other people want to move to LA to make it because if you're then you're focusing on yourself and you're focusing on fame and you're not yeah. focusing on the relationship and the best thing that we did was we moved me to Seattle to be with Chris and we worked on our relationship because the first year is the hardest and mm-hmm. we had to really learn more about each other and um I actually do think that's the mistake that most people make because if you didn't also too, like it's fleeting. Fame is yeah. fleeting. Like, I don't know what, it's great to capitalize off it, but do you think that's going to like last for 10 years? No, not mm-hmm. unless you do become a host like Rachel or you have a passion for another industry. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I think what's happening is they go on the show for a following or for fame and then they seek it but they have no other outlets and no other passion. And it's like sad mm-hmm. because what are you living for then? Just for people to stay popular, to stay relevant? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. last. And it, and I think you have such a good perspective on that though. Yeah. Like, and that's probably where like your faith obviously yeah. influences your perspective a lot. Totally. Yeah. I think it's so good because it's recognizing that I don't know. The picture that just came into my head was like, you know, a tree where if your roots are just like super shallow, like there's, there's not really much happening. It's so easy for that tree to get like blown down in any sort of storm. Mm -hmm. And that's what it can be, you know, trying to seek like the short-term fame or just people looking up to you in that situation is just because you're a human being who's sharing their life. And there's nothing wrong with 
you know, sharing your life or influencing and, and impacting people's lives by just living yours or whatnot. But there is a difference between like, I have a deeper purpose than just having all these eyes on me because it's putting your roots deeper into this is my mission in life or this is my purpose or this is my identity is in Christ and not in people's, you know, my popularity, which is just worlds different and just giving you that rock solid foundation and, you know, those deep roots that you're going to stay and grow and just be so much happier than just caring about people's opinions of you. Yes. No, but you hit the nail on the head because, um, I don't know what happens is they just, you know, they, I feel like, especially now more than ever, because maybe because of social media, um, you just see the lead or not even leads, just contestants that have been on the show. They pursue the fame or they pursue like being an influencer. But then like, I feel like everyone's just lost because like you said, there's no purpose behind it except for wanting other people to like them. And then Mm -hmm. they lose themselves in being an influencer and forget who they were before the show. And that's what's sad because, you know, if you can have a solid and rooted purpose before going on the show, then you can just grow after the show rather than um, kind of being swayed every which direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Mm. so true. I love your perspective on that. I think I already said that, but I'm just saying it again. I have a, a kind of a pivot in a question that kind of yeah. goes back to more like the story that you wrote in your book, especially pre-show. Um, and I know y- you share this in your book, but you fell for old people who you said were good on paper, but didn't have the same life goals and values as you did. Yeah. Could you maybe share a little bit, a kind of a, just again, Spark Notes version of what you share in your book and then yeah. kind of follow up to that? What advice would you give someone who is searching for love, but struggling with knowing if something or someone is right for them or not. Yeah, I think that's where it's just so hard because our heart can truly deceive us. And that's because we can be blinded with lust and we can be blinded with who we think might be good for us rather than getting to the root of like who is actually good for us, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I always dated guys that were emotionally unavailable, but they were mysterious and they were cool. And, you know, like they kept me on my toes, but at the same time I wasn't being validated and I was constantly keeping the relationships together. And I was fighting for these relationships that just weren't meant to be, you know, they just were not meant to be. And if I had a different perspective or if I was solid in who I knew God wanted for me, then I wouldn't have, you know, even entertained those years of my life on men that weren't right for me, but throughout childhood and stuff, I constantly wanted, needed validation. Um, and so that's just one of those old lies too, where it's like, I don't know. It's just very interesting. Cause my, on my journey, if, if there were always nice guys who wanted to date, but I just was never into them because I'm like, yeah. no, no, like, no, there's just something missing. And I think we sometimes often think that we need to have like this intense spark or there's this intense fire to keep us going, but just as quickly as something burns, it will burn out. And that's Mm -hmm. why you truly need the guy that's going to be there like steadfast and strong and pursue you. Um, But I didn't know this um, because I wanted, you know, to be fun and like, not to say it's not fun the other way. It's just, you know what I mean? Like um, spontaneous and and difficult. (laughs) It's like why we fall for like the bad guy. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's like the thrill. 
but, but that thrill is like comes from that uncertainty of like, yes. what are they going to do next? Or yes. like, and that's where the danger comes. It's not necessarily that, you know, a great guy can't also be exciting, but there's also just a, a confidence and a peace. Confidence, of, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I, I know your character, I know your heart, and it's and not I know this your like loyalty. thrill. Yeah, I yes. know your loyalty because, um, yeah, I mean, those guys when you're dating them can be fun and exhilarating, but like you never want a husband or father of your children to be like where you're constantly concerned about what they're doing. Like, no, yeah. that's right. not healthy. Um, and what really lasts is like a true friendship, a true like ability to know that you can go through hard things and not run. Whereas, you know, a lot of the guys I dated probably would have ran the second it got hard. <laughs> yeah. And so well, I think just, there's, oh, sorry, continue. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think there's a lot of women out there and even girls or just girls, women, whoever, um, <laughs> that don't have confidence in themselves or their, or their identity that I think they don't think that they deserve or can yes. get better. Yes. And I think we also, we, we just take in what we feel we deserve. So we let, you know, we, we accept less than what we deserve, but that's because that's what we feel we um, are worthy of. And that's sad, but it stems from a lot of experience. It can stem from her. It can stem from the lack of confidence. And I mean, I, those are all the things I experienced. So I can see where a lot of it went wrong on my end, um, but also just not really knowing who I was. So I would allow my relationships to form me and, Mm. and what I, you know, so I was just, I was too agreeable. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, sure. I am really chill and I am easygoing. So that's already one thing. Um, (laughs) but then also not having my own voice just was hard because then I would allow these relationships to, um, Form who I was or, or where I found my identity. And when you're finding your identity in anything but God, then you're going to be lost or you're going to feel lost because he's the only anchor for your soul that will allow you to feel peace about something. And, you know, if these relationships probably would have worked out if I anchored myself in God and made them follow me, you know, I always yeah. say to you, like, cause I never dated Christian guys just cause I wasn't, I barely had Christian friends, although I did grow up in church. It just, you know, I moved a lot and my high school wasn't probably the best um, influence for me. But so I just never really thought I would ever meet like a Christian guy. I, um, I felt also felt I wasn't maybe deserving because of my past, you know? Mm. And, um, and so I didn't. And then I uh, thought maybe I could change them to want to come to church with me and do all that things. And you can't, um, you know, save anyone. You can't fight for someone else's salvation. And I learned that in my past relationship. Um, And it's just, I don't know, it's just fascinating the things we do when it's not right, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's so easy too, as women, our our instinct is to nurture and to develop as, as, yeah, as mothers. Like, yeah. Like God created us to be mothers. And therefore I think our instinct is we want to like raise like the men that we're dating. And that's not, that's not no. what God designed us to nurture. No. Like that's not <laughs> the case. But I, I think a lot of women feel that they head into relationships wanting to, you know, fix or, 
quote unquote raise is like kind of the yeah. thing that I'm thinking, like these men into men out of boyhood and into manhood. And that's yeah. just so detrimental to everyone involved. Yeah. Cause we can't change anyone. You truly can't. They have to change yeah. for themselves. And the only way they can do that is for them to recognize where they need to change. And so for me, because faith is important in my partner, um, even for Chris, because I, I, you know, my faith walk has always been a little bit stronger. I know that when I'm chasing Jesus and if he's chasing me, then where's he going to end up? You know, yeah. he's going to end mm-hmm. up chasing Jesus because he's chasing me. And so I think that was an important um, mind shift rather than being like, you know, just because I, I know there's other women that are in relationships where maybe they have a deeper faith and they want their their guy to also feel the same, but we can't do it. We can pray and go to the war room and pray for our spouse or for our, our uh, partner, but ultimately they have to make that decision for themselves. But all I know is if I focus my attention on the Lord and if I live by example, then Chris is just inspired to do the same. Mm, That's That's so so beautiful. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Okay. Well, Desiree, you have been so wonderful to talk to. It's been so fun hearing your story. Just from you, yourself, obviously, (laughs) also your book. So where can everyone find you? Basically, like life looks different for you now than it did even when you were on The Bachelor. You're a happily married mom of two, a wedding gown designer. Now you're a podcast host, like you said at the beginning, and an author. So where can everyone basically just find you and like get all of your, like get your dresses, get your book, yeah. listen to your podcast, all the, all oh the, gosh, all the things, all the things. Um, I guess you can head to DesireeSigfrey.com for all of it. And then you can decide which <laughs> direction and, uh, you know, avenue you want to check out or follow me at DesireeSigfried on Instagram. Amazing. Desiree, thank you so, so much for just your heart and your story and sharing it with us today. I am walking away like so encouraged and I know our listeners are as well. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. 